I'm Ronnie Minnick with Ronnie Minnick Farms in Hondo, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another week rolling, and we've got another episode rolling of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Russian invasion of Ukraine has cut off about one-third of the world's wheat exports. That could cause food shortages in some areas of the world. So what are we going to do about that? One option would be to open up CRP acreage for farming on an emergency basis. And we have a lot of CRP acres here in Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. One benefit sorghum offers farmers is that it provides opportunities to grow a good crop in a short time frame if planting is delayed by lack of rain. I'm James Hunt in Amarillo and coming up on Texas Ag Today, I round out my series on sorghum. There is a wide variety of products produced from grain sorghum. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have the rundown on some of those products from the National Sorghum Producers Executive Director on Texas Ag Today. Fluctuating temperatures, rainfall, and just climate in general has got landscapers in Texas on edge. So please join me, John Begno, as we talk about the upcoming landscape season in Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is disrupting movement of wheat, corn, and other ag products out of that part of the world. And some analysts say that could cause some serious food shortages in some places. It's also bringing up the question of whether Conservation Reserve Program land should be opened up for farming on an emergency basis to address those shortages. Zach Ducheneau runs the USDA's Farm Service Agency. We keep an eye on world events and we do understand that there's a significant portion of the conservation reserve program that's aimed at reserve and production. However, at this time, no decisions have been made in that regard. Over 3 million acres of land in Texas is enrolled in the CRP, with most of it concentrated in the Panhandle and the Southern Plains. Much of the action in the grain markets over this past week has been in wheat, with both hard and soft red winter wheat hitting the limit up level for four days in a row. Soft wheat hit an all-time high of $13.40 a bushel on the nearby March contract. Everyone wants to know just how high this market can go, but Texas A&M grain marketing specialist Mark Welch says that's an impossible question to answer. Is it possible to you know, pick a high in a market anytime, much less when we have this kind of volatility? Absolutely not. But are these marketing opportunities, are, are they creating uh, 
a margin of profit that if we can capture that or secure that, put some kind of price floor under that using the tools and, and uh, some of the marketing strategies that are out there, uh, it, it is a great opportunity. Welch says the grain and cotton markets are all fighting for acreage right now as farmers start getting the 2022 crop in the ground. All of the uncertainty this year isn't changing one Texas farmer's mind on what he's putting in the ground this spring. Mark Howard farms near Dalhart. He says he made his planting decisions months ago, and he's sticking to that plan. We decided months ago that we were going to be 50-50 corn and cotton, and uh, we started making the decisions in to get there. So, no, most years you ask us what we'll be doing, it'll it'll be 50-50 corn and cotton. And with all the input shortages this year, it's making for a nervous spring. I do believe the, the fear is there and real, and I, I believe the reality is there will be some difficulties. We've we've had difficulty sourcing fertilizer. We've had to go to some different channels as well as good folks we usually work with. And we've also worry about the, uh, the the chemicals are slightly different than the fertilizer, it seems to me. that The fears are still there, but uh, we've been able to lock up quite a bit. It's not a comfortable time to <laughs> to be an ag producer, but even with the high prices, it's, it, it's good, but it's, it's still nervous. Mark Howard of Dalhart. Sorghum may be a good option for Texas farmers facing drought this year. James Hunt has more from the Texas High Plains. As we've been talking about, ongoing drought has some folks thinking sorghum acres could increase in the Texas High Plains this season. Dr. Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff says beyond the fact that sorghum requires less water overall than corn, it also has a unique ability to slow itself down when things go dry. Some of the other crops, when it needs a drink, it needs a drink now. Where sorghum, you know, you can postpone that. It'll kind of go semi-dormant for a little bit and then, you know, get that rain and not really hurt the yield. Of course, that's assuming the sorghum crop was able to get off to a start at all. If we don't get some good rains before planting time, some farmers, especially those who go the dryland route, will be looking to dust in their seed, something Dr. Bean is hesitant about. The reason that I don't particularly like to do that, and and really I think most growers don't, is because if you get just a little bit of rain, maybe we get two-tenths of rain and we get just enough moisture in that seed to cause it to germinate, but not enough to get it up, well, then that plant's going to die before it ever emerges. And so that's kind of the risk from a dusting in. But, I mean, some people will certainly do it, and sometimes we have to. You know, we get to that point where we're maybe getting later in the season. However, if you're in a position to wait just a little longer for rain to come, there are sorghum varieties that can produce a good crop in a relatively short time. Sorghum hybrids come in a lot of different maturities, from very early maturing varieties to late maturing hybrids. And so those early maturing varieties can be planted pretty late. Really in this area, you can delay planting to as late as first week of July or so and typically be just fine. Once again, that was Dr. Brent Bean with the Sorghum Checkoff. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. And as more Texas farmers plant sorghum, the market for that crop is increasing. Tom Nicoletti tells us there's a wide variety of products made from sorghum. Traditionally, sorghum has been grown for animal feed. But as an ingredient of ethanol and many other products, consumers have more options in the marketplace. 
Tim Lust is executive director of the National Sorghum Producers. Yeah, tremendous changes in my career in time of where that where we used to talk about significant amount of poultry and, and uh, swine and then cattle feeding and really big changes today in terms of where that is. So, you know, domestic market led by ethanol industry in the Texas Panhandle in Kansas and then fastest growing segment by far is our food industry. We continue to see major food product launches with the Kellogg's and ADMs of the world and, uh, you know, continued contract production growth in, in southwest Kansas and Texas Panhandle areas there around some of those. So that's an exciting area for us. Still not a huge percentage of our overall national crop, but a, but a very significant part to those growers that can take advantage of those opportunities. All right. What about ethanol in Texas? How is that going at this point? Continues to be uh, very strong. Obviously, it's a commodity market and COVID had some really negative impact on demand, but we're able to keep most of those plants running during that time. And here now they're running full bore. So Certainly from that standpoint, Plainview plant and Hereford plant running very aggressively and, and buying a significant amount of, of sorghum in those in those areas. How many uh, ethanol production plants are online right now in Texas? Those two wide energy facilities there in, in Plainview and Hereford. I think, uh, you know, when we look at cost of production this year, I think in every farming operation, that's something that has just uh, been really eye-opening to see these costs go up. And that's an area where sorghum tends to shine. That is Tim Lust with the National Sorghum Producers based in Lubbock. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fluctuating temperatures and rainfall have Texas landscapers on edge right now. Horticulturalist John Begno has an update from San Angelo. Well, we think about the upcoming March, April, May as being three of the best landscaping months uh, for Texas. And it is that we can plant a lot of new things. We can get things established before our brutal summer. At the end of the day, you know, we can landscape 12 months of the year. And our success in landscaping has a lot to do with plant selection. When you look at our climate that fluctuates so much in this large state from extremes of very cold up north to high humidity to the east and hot, dry winds in the west, that there's no one thing fits all for landscaping. And it's very imperative that you choose plants that are adapted to your location. You know, we hear a lot about native landscape plants, and that's one way to look at it. But there are plants from all over the world that grow in natural climates very similar to where we are. And don't be afraid to use those. The one thing we caution you about is invasive plants. Occasionally, we have plants that can get away and cause a muck around, a lot of trouble around landscapes and also around ranches and farms because they're a weed in some cases. So be careful. Do a little research. Texas really doesn't have a no plant list like other states do, but you can do a little research and find out all that information on the web. So choose plants, first of all, that you have witnessed growing in your area that have been very successful, that have survived, for instance, the last February of very cold temperatures or the hot summer of 110 degrees, and they've survived and thrived. That's the answer. If they can thrive on your water availability and the type of soil you have and in your location, then they're going to have longevity. And then today, longevity is very important because we don't want to have to re-landscape every five years because of extremes taking our plants out. So do a little research, drive around the neighborhood, drive around your area, get plant lists from your local extension office, and you can have a much more successful and long-living landscape in Texas. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. 
There are now several options available for hunters in Texas who need hunter education. I'm Jessica Domel, and I have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And many dogs have anxiety for a variety of reasons. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, this is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, I've spent my entire life in agriculture, and I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather all increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline comes in. I want you to write this number down, 833-897-2474, 8972474 Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? It's okay to ask for help. I want you to call the Texas Agri Stress Helpline. Here's the number again. 833-897-2474. That's 833-897 2474. Or if you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That's farmlifehelp.com. The Texas Agri Stress Helpline. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Do me a favor, don't wait. Call today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Many dogs have anxiety for a variety of reasons, but Dr. Bob Judd says a commonly used drug to treat anxiety can cause liver damage. Trazodone is a drug that has become very popular in recent years for behavior problems in dogs. It is commonly used for anxiety in dogs with noise phobias, such as fireworks, gunshots, or thunderstorms. It is also used for anxiety before veterinary visits or other stressful situations and seems to be very effective in most dogs. However, it is not recommended for long-term constant use as other medications are more suitable for that as trazodone is used mostly on an intermittent basis. Trazodone has caused some liver issues in people and a recent report indicates liver damage due to the use of trazodone in a dog. The dog was being administered trazodone for separation anxiety on a daily basis, and the condition was discovered on routine blood work when the dog ingested a lot of raisins. Although raisins can be toxic to dogs, raisins usually lead to kidney disease and not liver issues. The dog in the case continued to receive trazodone during hospitalization for treatment of raisin toxicosis for anxiety, and the dog's liver enzymes increased greatly, indicating liver cell damage. So if you're using trazodone regularly in a dog, liver damage is possible, and it would be a good idea to have your vet check liver enzymes for possible liver damage at least annually. Also, there are other medications that can be used for anxiety instead of trazodone. Cilio is an anti-anxiety medication approved for noise phobia and can be used as needed. If separation anxiety is involved, using fluoxetine or clomipramine daily is likely safer than giving multiple doses of trazodone daily. I'm not saying trazodone should not be used, but just realize it could cause liver damage. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are several options available for Texas hunters who need hunter education. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. 
If you haven't yet taken hunter education, now may be the time to consider it. Every hunter in Texas, including out-of-state hunters, born on or after September 2, 1971, is required to take hunter education or have an approved deferral. Steve Hall, hunter education coordinator for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says there are three options for hunters who need to take the course. There's two in-person formats. One is an online plus field course and one is a classroom course. The one for 17 years and older is an online only option as well. What that did was not only increase the convenience, of course, but it really did raise the numbers that were taking hunter education significantly just because it was more convenient. And so that awareness went up. The hands-on portion went down, you know, unfortunately, and we know that hands-on is the best learning method. So you take the good with the bad, you get more people aware of it, but you can get less people that really have had, you know, hands-on skills and opportunities under a mentor or a coach or in this case, a hunter education instructor. I will say the field courses are really the best hands-on opportunities because they require a skills and a live fire exercise as part of the training. And those are not only funner, but they do it in such a way that they get to evaluate the person's knowledge through the, the handling skills that they have to demonstrate during those field courses. But I will say this, field courses are limited because you really do need a, a range or some safe place to shoot. Hunters can look for a hunter education course on the TPWD website. That's tpwd.texas.gov. Click on the tab that says hunting and then hunter education. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. After a devastating week last week, the cattle market bounced back to start the week on a positive note Monday. We'll check out all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau photo contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a brutal week in the cattle market last week, but the corn market seems to have cooled off a bit, and that's allowing cattle prices to finally move higher on Monday. We closed with both live and feeder cattle higher. April live cattle up 212 at 137.90, the June up $1.40, 133.92, August live cattle up $1.15 at 135.30. Feeder market finishing higher also. March feeders up $1.47, 154.60. April feeders up 242 at 159.67, while May feeder cattle up 255, 164.90. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Monday. 
Texas Cattle Feeders Association reporting cash sales last week of 4,366 head in our area. Most of those cattle bringing 140. That's two bucks lower compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday. Choice up 49 cents, 254.82. Select up 68 at 249.09. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Old Josh Tilkey. Well, he's a pretty young fella. Good kid, too. Josh Tilkey, Carn City Auction Company. How was the little auction on the hill this last Saturday, Josh? Well, Saturday morning brought some pretty rough weather for us. Uh, we had 155 cattle and right at 100 sheep and goats. Let's walk the pins. The market was good and strong all the way across the board. The good steers, 2 to 3 weight, 185 to 210. 3 to 4s, 175 to 190. 4 to 5s, 168 to a buck 92. 5 to 6s, 150 to 168. 6 to 7s, 148 to 160. 7 plus is a dollar and a quarter to 144. Pepper mates, 2 to 3, 160. 5 to 205, 3 to 4s, 145 to 165, 4 to 5 weight gals, $1.45 to 168, 5 to 6s, 135 to 150, 6 to 7s, buck and a quarter to 145, older bull yearlings, $1.25 to 140, heifer mates, a dollar bill to 118, red cows, eight seventy five on up to 1200, number one yielding packer cow, 75 to 82 cents, number two yield, 56 to 65, and the bulls, dollar bill to a dollar six, Larry. And your sheep and goats? Uh, yes, sir, we had over 100 of those, and the show lambs and show weathers, they're getting a just a touch softer as a lot of these major shows are going on uh, but the good the good kids and uh, bigger weathers packer nannies the billies all that stuff is still bringing record prices what have you got under the barn for this week's sale josh so far, we've got two more sets of wean calves, heifers and steers alike, um, some backgrounded calves. Uh, we got another set of 80 Charlay cross calves, a few packer cows, packer bulls. Um, uh, be 75 degrees come Saturday morning and have a good run of five to 600. Tell everybody how to contact you, Josh. You can use any of our, our services. Call us here at the barn, 830-780-3382. Or on the cell phone, 830-623-2855. And the motto down there? Long live, Cowboys, Larry Marble. And long live walking the pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network for Josh Tilkey at Carn City auction i'm larry marble good day thank you larry back over to the futures market now we're lean hogs close lower on monday april hogs down 17 cents 100 dollars 27 cents while may was down 67 at 10507 class three milk was higher march milk up a nickel 2260 100 weight while April milk was up 30 at 2398 100 weight. The cotton market closed slightly higher. The outside markets affecting the cotton trade right now. On one hand, you have bullish metal and energy markets, while there's also a strong U.S. dollar and a weaker Dow Jones. These outside markets all affect cotton demand. That's why they have an effect on the cotton market. Also keep in mind, Wednesday we have a USDA March crop report, so the cotton market keeping an eye on that report coming up as well. We close with May cotton up 52 points, 116.94. October cotton up 33 at 104.64, while December was up 56 points, 101.21. As we mentioned earlier, the corn market seems to be settling down a bit. We closed slightly lower on the old crop contracts, but still higher on new crop corn. March corn was down seven and a quarter, seven forty-nine and a quarter, while new crop September up twelve and three quarters, six seventy-four and a quarter. But there's no stopping the wheat market right now. It continues to climb out of sight thanks to the Russia-Ukraine war. July Kansas City wheat up fifty-nine and a quarter, twelve thirty-three and three quarters. While July Chicago wheat was up 77 and a quarter, 1252 and a half. 
In the energy markets, April natural gas down 21 cents at 480. April crude oil up 370 at 119.38 a barrel. The financial markets lower on Monday afternoon. The Dow dropping 718 points, 32,896. The Nasdaq down 431 at 12,881. The S&P down 117 points, 4,211. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.